Sometimes you see people like Brother and Sister Thorpe who have been living together 20 years. And of course, Sister Grant and I just celebrated our 25th wedding anniversary. And, and, and you kind of think that these people have reached a particular milestone in life. And, and you look at their marriages and you think that, you know, they're just free of problems. And you kind of look at Brother and Sister Thorpe as maybe they were always like they are. Uh, I know better. I'm not talking about their marriage, but I know that the Thorpes have been through some very hard times. Some very hard times. And I received a card through mail from one of our ministering brethren not too long ago. And he said, Dear Brother Grant, and he went on with a few remarks and said, Now the thing that I admire most about you is that you seem to never lose your composure that you're always stable in all conditions. You know, uh, <clears throat> the truth of the matter is that he's just as far wrong in that as, as he could possibly be. Uh, some of you, I have lost my composure with you. Not too long ago, somebody was in my office, and I'm just going to tell a few things, okay? Okay. <clears throat> So if you ever come in the office, you know. But somebody said, Brother Grant, I believe you're mad. And I said, you better believe I'm mad. And when you get out of here and you tell somebody, you make sure you tell them just how mad I was. Huh. <clears throat> Would you believe that? Yeah, it really happened. And, and I didn't apologize. I didn't sin. And I didn't come any close near sinning. But uh, I've always had this little philosophy. Some devils you pray out and some you throw out. <laughs> now, whoever I was talking to, you may say, Brother Grant, is that an inference? <clears throat> well, we've already settled that. <clears throat> you know, let me say this also. I remember when I went in 1964 to get my general license... Sister Grant and I were starting a home missions work in, in Cushing, Texas. And the district board, uh, my presbyter, requested I come and get general license. And I didn't want to go. And I was just having all kinds of hardships, you know, all kinds of trouble. And it just seemed like nothing would work right for me. Just nothing. So the day that I was to meet the district board, and, and in Texas they don't tell you when, they just tell you what day. We schedule people here in our district for a certain hour. You've ever met the district board, we'll say appear at 2 o'clock on a certain day. Texas just say come on a certain day. Well, I left bright and early in the morning, and I got down to Lufkin, Texas, which was about 60 miles from my home, I calculated that I had enough gasoline in the car to make it. I had a 57 Plymouth car. And I said, I've got just enough gasoline. The thing about it, I only had one quarter. That's all the money I had. And my car was two quarts low on oil, and it was drinking oil. Really, it was just a... It was a it was a real oil burner, and I figured if I got all the way down to Lufkin before I put oil in it, 
I, I, I put some in, I'd have enough to get back. So I got down, I stayed all, all day long. I didn't have, we had no food in the house, and I had no money to buy any food with. And I put a 19 cent uh, quart of uh, refined, re-refined oil, I guess you call it. I don't know if they sell any of that stuff anymore or not, but they used to just re-refine it. I don't know if that's a word or not, but it sounds like it is. <clears throat> I think that's what they had on there, and I put that and made it back. And uh, <clears throat> I was down there all day long, not one bite to eat. And, and I got back, and boy, I'll tell you, you know, God has a way of making every person. And... Uh, if you are presently involved in some type of hardship or some type of trouble, and if there is some situation that's causing you to lose your composure and such, you know, I want to encourage you, hang on to God. Uh, God has a way. See, He can't develop some people until they become willing to be developed. And, and, and you know, the willingness to be developed, you, you just can't jump up and say, Lord, I surrender all. Surrender for human flesh comes very, very painful at times. It's not easy to, to surrender. It really isn't. Uh, I remember when Sister Grant was, was pregnant with our son Steve. I went out uh, visiting one day, and I had a flat on the car. And would you believe that I had another flat before I got back home? And I had to drive the car home on the rim and I walked to church that night and uh, we just had a little handful of people just just a few like what we have on the first couple of pews here brand new church see and preach the word of the Lord to those people and when I when they all left I went and turned the lights off and I sat in the church and cried just to it seemed like my whole world was coming in. And Sister Grant was expecting Steve, and I didn't have any money, no insurance, nothing. Now what am I going to do? All of a sudden I saw some car lights shine through the windows of the church, and and uh, Brother came back and he said, you know, we, we got almost home. And said, my wife said, you know, Brother Grant didn't have his car there tonight. So I wonder how he got to church. And they got to thinking that maybe they should come back and check. And they found me inside the church weeping and crying. But I will say this. What got a hold of me after everybody left that night has kept me in many, many times of, of hardship since then. And you know, the truth of the matter is, every now and then you need something like that to get a hold of you. And it is just impossible for you sometimes just uh, for God to work on you and get a hold of you uh, un unless, you, unless you go down to the bottom. You follow what I'm saying? It's, you think that your devotion to God... Uh, will become so great just through your thanksgiving of what he's done for you, but that's not altogether true.
Uh, I've had some experience in landscaping, not a lot. Brother Felix has had a lot. And I found this out in growing grass, that while the grass may come up and grow real green in the summertime, the truth of the matter is that grass actually grows more in the fall of the year than it does in the summer. It doesn't grow tall, but the cold weather will drive the roots deep, for the roots are seeking for warmth. And the deeper they can grow, the warmer the soil is. And sometimes in God, the Lord needs to send a blast our way for us to dig deep and to lock in on God. Now, I made up my mind a long time ago I was going to serve the Lord, and I wasn't going to look back. I can't say that I've been the best example of that, and I can, neither can I say that, that, there, uh, that, that I have made up my mind permanently once and for all. I think that, that Paul said, in the moment you think you stand, take heed lest you fall. But uh, I, I can really say this, and I, I, I say this with my whole heart. I think some of the hard things that I went through, some of the some of the deep-seated sorrow, has uh, listen. I've got a lot invested in this. You see, a person who doesn't have much invested, uh, they can just walk away at random. See, but uh, you put put a lot into it, and you give a lot of thought before you walk away. Praise God. I remember remember one time how the Lord humbled me. I, I told this before, but some of you new ones, you haven't heard it. And we, uh, The Lord started blessing us, and all of a sudden we just started having revival. We were baptizing people every night by car light down in the river. Oh, we had services around the river at 1 o'clock in the morning. You talk about some shouting services and the glory of the Lord falling and the Lord just started blessing. Uh, in Cushion, Texas, there was a building that was so bad that after the church had abandoned the building, they just left it to rot. And I saw it was on about an acre of land. They gave us the building. The old congregation gave us the building. That's how bad it was. And we started fixing it up. And you talking about the power of the Lord falling and people receiving the Holy Ghost. I remember one night, I preached a revival there when we had over 100 visitors and none of them were filled with the Holy Ghost. And of course, Sister Grant and I were fasting and praying and I was just knocking doors and talking to people about coming out. Now, when you have 100 visitors and, you, and we had 10 people at that time that were Holy Ghost filled, 10, and we were remodeling the building and, of course, we put in new windows, new siding, a new roof. Uh, in the very back of the building, when you came in the door, the door is in, right in front of the pulpit, we had two big windows, and I, somebody gave us a couple of air conditioning units, <coughs> and I thought, well, what I'll do, I'll, I was working on it during the day, I said, I, I will leave the air conditioning units out tonight and just leave the hole there. And uh, my, my strategy was, see, you know, that I was getting lifted up in pride here. When all the people get in here and some bugs fly and everything, I'll just tell them that. Tomorrow night it's going to be better. We're, 
we're in the process of air conditioning this building, and and the Lord's been blessing, and and <clears throat> so it's kind of my way of saying, you know, that that hey, you know, we're we're arriving, we're doing all right. So everybody just just come back tomorrow night. It's going to get better every week, you know. Well, <clears throat> while I wasn't saying all that, that's was a feeling I had, you know. It was, I mean, I was really, you know, I was lifted up, and we started singing. When we went to Cushion, Texas, Sister Grant, we picked up an accordion two weeks before we went. She didn't know how to play anything, so we played. She learned two songs. The first service, she played the two. We sung those two. The next week, she'll learn another song. We sung three. The next week, she'll learn another one. We sung three of the former ones, and that's how we 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 got started. So, <clears throat> boy, my my wife was. She was just pumping that accordion and playing, and we were singing. And, 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 man, you're talking about the Spirit of the Lord coming down. We had a lot of the outsiders. I stopped everybody now. Now, you're in a Pentecostal service, and, and this is kind of foreign to some of you, but this is what we'd like you to do. Everybody clapped their hands. They just started clapping their hands, having a good time with us. Would you believe that right there in the midst of that song service, when the Lord was blessing so, a bat flew in the back window? <clears throat> I mean, he just flew in the back window. And all of a sudden, here this bird started, you know how bats fly, really erratic, just up and down and all around. And, well, I was Mr. Brave Preacher, you know, full of faith. So I just stopped and I rebuked that bat in Jesus' name. And so we started singing, and the thing just started diving even more. And so, well... Kind of got on my nerves a little bit, and I stopped everybody. I said, let me tell you one thing. I said, now, <coughs> I said, the Lord is blessing, and you're being blessed. And some of you have never sung like this before, and certainly the devil would desire to steal the blessing from you. I want you to forget all about that bat, and let's just praise the Lord. And we started singing again, and that bat started going like this, and everybody's darting and ducking, getting around. <coughs> so finally I said, hold it just a minute. I said, now... If you want to let that bat interfere with a blessing, now you go right ahead. But here's one preacher who's not going to do it. I'm going to praise the Lord regardless. And right while I was bragging like that, that bat made a dive at me and I hit the floor so fast. <laughs> I mean, he. now, if I'd have thought, if I would have thought, I'd have let him hit me. But, but for some reason, he just went right down. I went, bloop, right behind the pulpit. And the place just started just roaring, people laughing. <clears throat> well, here I was on the floor. I thought, now what am I going to do? Here, I'm the guy that was bragging so much. <clears throat> and then the strange thing is, when I got up, we had a little rail by like this. When I got up, everybody was laughing. My face was red, you know. <clears throat> and I didn't know what to say. And the thing was still jumping around like that. Well, rather than then scold the people, which I couldn't do. I just looked, you know, kind of puzzled. I said, now I wonder what we're going to do with that bat. And people just started laughing and laughing and laughing and laughing. Oh, and he flew out the back window. Everybody then felt like singing, but me. You know, I just really didn't, I didn't feel like singing at all. Uh, You know, uh, God just has a way, doesn't He? He takes little things like that. And I've, uh, 
There have been times in which I have uh, spoken very forcefully and very faithfully. I've told people that they were going to receive the Holy Ghost, and they did. But I've been very careful. I like to know that it's God. You know, I hear a lot of people, God said this, and God said that, and God says, well, sure, God talks to people. I don't doubt that. But on the other hand, uh, I've found you're just better off to know God said it than just get up and say it. You know, and and then boast about how spiritual you are and such, and and then all of a sudden hit the floor real fast. You know, and sometimes we we do that. We get lifted up by with pride, isn't that right? And uh, the Lord has a way. He really has a way of of just sending something by. He just kind of withdraws his hand, so to speak, every now and then. He just Let's the devil come by and mow us low. And I felt like the the the, the real low mowed grass. I just felt like God had had knocked all the wind out of my sails. <clears throat> God just has so many ways to deal with people and talk to people. But you know, the thing that's very, very important in all of this is that regardless of of what happens, what comes, what goes, that, that, that you have your mind really made up. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to trust God. I want to go all the way with the Lord. I, uh, I don't want to be lifted up with pride and do a lot of boasting and bragging about myself because I know within myself there is no good thing, that uh, I'm just as carnal as the next man when I don't depend on the Lord. Brother Crowder said, you know, we can't save ourselves. Can we do that? Can we actually save ourselves? No, we can't. God is the author and the finisher of our faith. Brother Oggs preached uh, two years ago now at our camp a great message on the want to. He talked about the desire that's in our hearts to live for God. You've got to want to be saved. You, God just doesn't jerk you up some place outside of his will and outside of your will, rather, and say, now you're going to serve me regardless. Now God may send some circumstances that might change your mind. You know, Jonah didn't want to do what he did until he got swallowed by a whale. And after he got swallowed by a whale, he, he decided that he was going to Nineveh to preach the gospel. <clears throat> I've had some whale of a circumstances to come my way to change my mind about things, but... But for the most part, you know, it, it was just God that just kept working and talking. And, you know, I just feel that, that, that we have a good number of Christian men in this congregation that, that want to serve God. And, you know, I really feel. Now, I know that, that the holidays uh, is a bad time. For us to be talking about revival from the standpoint of seeing natural, normal, Christian growth and results. Because families come and people have to go and it's a change of weather and there's a lot of sickness. Sister Grant, not able to come tonight because of sickness. But uh, I really feel that, that, that we have enough men in our congregation that have that want to. Uh, Things are hard for some of them. 
financial difficulties, unemployment, just normal problems uh, that, 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 that you have. Uh, but still undergirding all of that, I hear you in the prayer room. And I know if I hear you, I know God hears you. The Bible says that He, he, uh, he hears the prayer of the righteous. He does. And uh, when, when you're praying, listen, don't, don't give up. Just Things don't go good. You falter, you fail. Uh, get back up. Just be determined in your heart. Be everything that God wants you to be. Praise God. Just, just be it all. Now, I, I guess maybe my mom and dad, uh, their particular philosophy, if I should say that, relative to life, was, was a little bit different. My, my mom and, and uh, my dad would never let me think that there were things that I could not do. Uh, my dad always told me, Son, you can do anything that you want to do. Now, I know I can't fill anybody with the Holy Ghost. The thing about it is I don't really want to do that because I know that's not my job. Uh, while I agree that God has His part, you've got a part too, you see. And uh, God doesn't just trust just anybody with just anything. Uh, we're, we haven't read a scripture yet. And you know when I preach, I usually put a lot of scripture in it, but whether we get around to this or not, I don't know, but I just want to talk to, to the men here. Uh, my mom and dad just, uh, whatever you want to do, son, you can do it. Now, you can do it. And uh, they really put that in me. I didn't have a brother. I had nobody to fight with, so except sisters, and they weren't much of a challenge. So uh, I just uh, just found out that that you can uh, expend a lot of energy and have a lot of fun working. And uh, I I like to work. I just plain like to work. I like to work with with my hands. I like to do hard physical work. Now I get lazy every now and then, but uh, you know I I really do like to work. And uh, so my mom and dad taught me that uh, that. Uh, you know, uh, when it comes to people, uh, you're just as smart as the next person. Well, I've met a lot of people smarter than me. I know that. I've met a lot of people not quite as smart as I am. But uh, basically what they were saying is that uh, you, you should have no reason to feel inferior around people. That uh, there are certain ways in which an inferiority complex shows itself. So my mom and dad would make me stand erect, tall, with my shoulders squared. Now you square your shoulders, son. And when you look at people, you look at them right in the eye. None of this looking down stuff. And so if I was talking to my dad and I looked down, he wouldn't say a word. He just let me talk, and then whenever I was finished, he still wouldn't say anything. And I just sat there. I said, what's wrong? He said, I have told you before, if you want to talk with me, you look at me right in the eye. If, if what you are saying, if you feel that it's worth saying, then you should feel good about it. And if it's not worth saying, then, then go on. Now that's just the way it was, real plain, real frank about things.
So, so look at me right in the eye. When you look at me in the eye, don't blink your eyes. Don't be licking your lips. Just talk to me. Look at me. Now, I find it now very difficult to get on the phone and talk to people about things that are real important. Now, some people like to use the phone because there's a little distance there. People can't jump down the line, see? So they like that distance. But if I've got a, if I have to confront somebody, I like to look at them right in the eye. And, <clears throat> you know, I appreciate that. Well, I'm not saying that everything that I do is right. Don't you like to see men who, who just kind of square their shoulders? You know, you'll find this out, too, that, that sometimes when you put it on on the outside, it does affect the inside. Now, we talk a lot about the inside. But, you know, the Bible does teach us that, that uh, <laughs> the Bible does teach us that physical a punishment for something that a child has done is in order. Now, the Bible teaches that. So, uh, corporal punishment is taught in the Bible. It just simply means that while you uh, would like for the child to have it inside uh, so that he does it, sometimes it doesn't come from the inside. Sometimes you gotta you got to put the outside pressure that changes the inside. And, and, you know, just every now and then, you just, for some unknown reason, you just get tired of being a, a drag, you know. So you just put on a smile, and just putting on the smile, all of a sudden you, you, get, to, you get to feeling better about it, don't you? You ever done that? Just, uh, I've seen Brother Felix get up here. Brother Felix likes to, to laugh. He's got, a, he's got a mouthful of white teeth, and he likes to show them. And, boy, just... Uh, Look at him, you won't even open his mouth right now. <laughs> you know, he likes to show those teeth and and uh, <coughs> no, I like I like that. I, I like that. And he said, Smile a while and give your face a rest. Praise God. <laughs> Sister Grant got her ear down the accordion or over there <laughs> trying to find the key. And Sister Schaefer's on the other side, and she's listening, just plugging. <clears throat> By the time they find him, he changes keys. <laughs> now, <clears throat> doesn't that make you feel good, though, when he does that? All of a sudden, you get to thinking it's funny, uh, just because he thinks it's funny, and you start laughing, you get to feeling good. <clears throat> you know, you might as well laugh about some things as cry about them. Because you're going to help yourself and help everybody else around you. Praise God. So men, I just want to, I, I just really want to call on you to be real Christian men. Uh, we have a lot of fine Christian ladies in our congregation. But you know that, that spiritual leadership in the household is a responsibility of the men. You know that. Now the Bible teaches that doesn't mean that a woman does not have influence in the household. It does not mean that they do not work together. But what I am saying is that, that if the woman's always having to encourage the man and push the man along, you know, uh, <clears throat> that's not God's will. Follow what I'm saying? And so you men, uh, keep your shoulders square. Look people right in the eye.
raise the tone of your voice a little bit every now and then. In other words, don't be a wimp or a whiner where somebody has to say, pardon me, you say something. And when you come up here and pray, if you're taking the offering, open your mouth and raise your volume. And bow your head and say, thank you God for such a beautiful service. Don't make everybody peep to find out if you have started or finished. <clears throat> Follow what I'm saying? I told you this is going to be a little bit of everything. <clears throat> just, just believe that, that, you know, that you can do it. God put it in you. Did He call you? You know, I found this out. I, <clears throat> when the Lord calls you, you are not automatically qualified for everything. Qualification will come, and God will qualify you only when you give yourself to that. But God has never just jumped down my throat and just made me talk louder, or made me square my shoulders, or made me look at somebody in the eye, or made me be brave enough to confront somebody about some difference. I have many times, I just, uh, I remember when I was in Bible school in Houston, Texas, my brother J.T. Pugh was my personal evangelism teacher. Now, he was tough. You, you just, and before you passed his class, <coughs> every week you had to knock on doors and talk to people about the Lord. And you had to pray somebody through the Holy Ghost in the homes before you got out of his class. Otherwise, he would fail you. He was stuck. He said, Preachers, this is the work of God. And don't think you're going to come in here just because it's Bible school and because we have compassion on people and just slough off and we're going to pass you. No. And I remember when I first started knocking doors. I used to knock doors and I used to pray. And this is the way my prayers went. Nobody home, I hope, I hope, I hope. <laughs> I don't know, maybe brother and sister Manley, some of you older ones can remember. You remember years ago on the radio when they used to have a, they had a, a guy that was selling cars door to door, and I think they were Ramblers, is that right? Nash Ramblers. That's brother Sonny, okay? Isn't that what they were selling? And that's the way the commercial went. That's all I can remember. The guy, he was so afraid to sell these cars, so he'd go and knock on the door. And while he's knocking on the door, he'd pray. He said, oh, God, nobody home. I hope, I hope, I hope. <clears throat> the son has got a, a Rambler. He's got a second car. Grand Prix is his second car, but <clears throat> he likes that Rambler. Well, I remember when I used to have to, I mean, I really had to pray about it. I, I sought the Lord. I Listen, I just, oh, it was a new thing because when I first got in the church, while well, I did witness to a lot of people, we didn't do any door-to-door -door knocking and getting people out to church. You know, uh, Brother Capaccio and Brother Durbin and you sisters and brothers who are working on these bus routes and going and knocking these doors, wow, <clears throat> you know, that's, that's outstanding training. 
Not only is it training, but it's just you're, you're doing the job. And praise God for that. I mean, praise God for that. You know, the apostles had to play, pray for boldness, did they not? And so, man, I would pray and pray and seek the Lord and get up and go knock doors and sit there and just tremble. I remember one time knocking a door in Houston, Texas, and, and, uh, and I was talking to the lady, and <clears throat> no, I was talking to the gentleman at the door, and he didn't have the door open about this wide, and, and so uh, he said, now, I don't know what you want, but we're not buying, and I said, well, I'm from the church. He says, oh, well, we want you to, want you to leave. He said, uh, we don't go to church anyplace. I said, I was trying my best to be nice. And all of a sudden, from the background, somebody started screaming, a woman. And I mean, she was swearing and everything else. And, and she came to the door and just snatched him out of the way, just like that. And she opened that door and she looked like a wild woman. <laughs> and I started backing up and she said, wait a minute! And I saw that she was crying. She said, don't move. I just froze there. <laughs> opened the door and she said come inside I need to talk to you wow so I went inside and sat down <coughs> the gentleman went in the back room someplace she says we got problems here and I <laughs> so have I you know <coughs> and she started crying she wept and she cried and she pulled out a bible she said I've been reading the bible and so I said well I mean what what's 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 going on, see? She said, uh, this, this gentleman here, myself, we just murdered somebody. Well, we really did. We killed him. And she said, uh, <clears throat> oh, she said, I, I, you just don't know the horrible feeling, she said. She just started telling me all about this murder. Well, I was pretty new in the Lord, so I told her, I said, look, I'll go tell my pastor, and uh, we'll see what he wants to do. Well, the gentleman came out, and and, and uh, he was upset because she had told that. Here I'm sitting there, you know, listening to her testimony about their murder, and he comes out, and he's upset. And uh, <clears throat> Now, he never did say this. But he talked all around this particular thought. Should we let him go after he's seen us and he knows all of this? And so I sat there for a long time and I didn't know how to get out of it. Well, I went and told my pastor. I never asked him what he did. I was afraid to. I don't really think he did anything. I think he stayed away. <clears throat> but at any rate... Uh, <coughs> It's good to have a pastor that you can put some things on, you know. <clears throat> you know, the work of God has got to be the most exciting work on the face of the earth. It really is. We've got young men who are going in the ministry, and, and you're going to find that you're going to go start some churches. Uh, I remember whenever I, I started the service... I had the prayer service, I took the offering, I led the song service. Sister Grant and I used to sing special songs, and they were special. <clears throat> Brother Gominder, I was going to sing the choir tonight, and they made so much fun of me, I decided not to. <laughs> but, 
But do you all really think I sound that bad when I sing? I don't either. So, no. 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 I mean, I did it all. I mean, everything. And, and you, you have to do that sometimes. I preached only to my family before. Only to my family. Now, you see, some of you are coming into a church that has a good number of people around. There's always support there. You know, we have people who are coming into some of these smaller churches. They have nobody to call upon, hardly. They have no fellowship. They just practically have nothing. And uh, they go to, to buildings that... that uh, I was in one of our home missionary churches and it rained and, and about two-thirds of the building, the floor was full of water. There was a, a floor drain and it happened... Uh, this used to be a barn. And, and so there's a floor drain that was stopped up. And, and you'd be surprised if people just worship the Lord just like they were in Calvary Gospel Church. Talking about no fellowship, hard times, hardships and everything. They just praise God, just worship the Lord and salt the Lord. And, and uh, somebody get up to sing and it sounded like my singing. <laughs> really, I mean, it was... You know, but 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 they 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 gave it their best. I mean, their very best. They gave it their best, and and God has moved, and God is blessed. And the church that I'm talking about is Brother Bridges' church. Sister Johnson's here, and I I, I said barn. I think it was an animal hospital, wasn't it? Veterinary clinic, and they had uh, they had uh, dog pens out on one side, and there was a floor drain there, and now they've outgrown that though. And, and got a building full of people, people serving, praising God, and witnessing of the goodness of the Lord. You know, God's really good. God's so good. Praise God. Praise God. He's just so good. You know, my heart is just overjoyed tonight. Praise God with what the Lord is doing. I'm, I'm really believing that God's going to come down and God's going to fill a number of people with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Praise God. Now I want to talk to our sisters a little bit. You know, we have some outstanding, talented sisters. Never have I seen a group this size that has so many people with such great abilities. Can sing, can sew, can cook. You know, just uh, a good, intelligent group of sisters. I just think that's fantastic. Just fantastic. Capable of putting together just about anything they want to put together. Praise God. Sisters, give yourself to God all together. I just believe that 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 God God can can use you women in, in such a beautiful way. Praise God, such a beautiful way. And teach Sunday school and you know, our Sunday school is taught mostly by women. We do have some men. We need more men working in Sunday school. We really do. But uh, the programs today, it was, they were just so fantastic. Sister Patty got up here, and she was asking all these questions. And I remember when Sister Patty made her first trip to the altar. And she was weeping and crying. Sister Kathy Pizer had brought her to church. Andy had brought Kathy and Brother Kurt had brought Andy. And she wanted to be baptized, and her folks are Catholic. 
And she knew she called them. So I told her, I said, well, Patty, uh, she was in high school. I said, you go call your parents and ask them. And so she went and got on the phone in my office. And I went in there and laid hands on her and prayed for her while she was talking to her mother. And her mother said, no. No. And so she looked at me and she said, Brother Grant, I mean, she'd never, maybe you'd seen me before, I don't know. Once or twice. And she was crying, she said, she won't let me. And I said, let me talk to her then. And, and I talked with her and I said, Mrs. Freeman, I said, this is a decision your daughter's making now. We're not making this for her. We're applying no pressure. Finally, she said, well, she ought to be old enough to make up her own mind. So if she wants to be baptized, go ahead and baptize her then. And we just hung up the phone, and she just wept and cried, and we praised the Lord all the way to the baptismal tank. Praise God. And the Spirit of the Lord came down, and Patty was filled with the Holy Ghost. Praise God. And to see her up here just... And her life has not been without trials. Parents have never been to a regular service. She just lived in that home with her parents, submitted herself to her parents, was sweet to her parents, and was a good Christian example. Praise God. It's just an outstanding testimony. I mean, a real outstanding testimony. And she's up here instructing these kids about what Christmas is all about. Praise God. I, you know, I could, a, lot of, a lot of you people don't know this, and there's no way that you can find this out, so I need to talk to you like this every, every now and then. I remember when Sister Marisa came to the Lord. Now, she, she Brother Brian came in, and, and she wanted to marry Brian, but Brian says, well, look, I'm in the church now, and you're a non-believer, and that created a little problem. And, do you remember that? Now, a lot of you, some of you remember this, don't you? I remember when she made an appointment to come in my office and talk with me. I don't know, did your mother come in the office too? Blast me. I mean, she just, she gave me a piece of her mind. Not just a piece of her mind, all of her mind. And so I just sat there and I, wow. I mean, she was telling me all that was wrong with Brian, all that was wrong with the church. And she said, I've heard you preach, and, uh, and, and you just preach so forcefully, and you, you push your ideas on people. And, and uh, you know, I do try to do that, by the way. <clears throat> it's not a bad idea. Is it? You know? But, I mean, she just told me, she really told me. And I just sat there and listened to her, and when she was all finished, I said, so... You remember what you did? She started crying. I said, what's wrong? She says, I'm afraid you're right, though. <laughs> I said, Marisa, you know that we're right because God's talked to your heart. She got up and just stomped out of my office. She told me she wasn't going to come back. But I don't think she missed a service. I really don't think so. And I still remember the, the Sunday night I remember the message I preached when she came to the altar. Do you remember? I preached a message entitled, and it was taken from Hebrews, the sixth chapter, Tasting of the Powers of the World to Come. And Marisa made her way to the altar right down here and surrendered her heart to the Lord. Don't think she missed a service after she 
gave me a piece of her mind. <clears throat> Praise God. Isn't it great? It's just fantastic what God can do. God can take people from all walks of life with all kinds of problems, all types of situations. Listen, there is not one problem too big that God can't take care of. I don't care what trouble you have or what trial you're going through right now. If you'll just be staunch in the Lord, be fervent in the Spirit, pray and seek the Lord. Listen, God will, God will bring you out and, and He will lift you up and, and you'll look back later and say, Now, I, whenever I say this, I, I do not say this disrespectful to God. You'll say, Lord, what a smooth operator you are. You know, sometimes he'll take you from the, the very pit to the pinnacle without you even knowing it. You'll be on top of everything before you even know it. And here you are all of a sudden, and, and, and your mind's still down in the gutter where you were. And you realize, hey, I don't have anything to cry about. I'm up on the top of the mountain now. How did I get up here? You know, that's the way the Lord is. You know, I will read a scripture. I, I just, I feel this one, okay? So Acts, the second chapter, just want to, just, uh, you know, the <clears throat> when the Holy Ghost was poured out, <coughs> the Bible says they, that every man heard them speak in his own language, Acts 2, 6. And, and verse 7 says, And they were all amazed and marveled. And then when you turn to the, the 12th verse, it says they were all amazed and were in doubt. They first marveled before they doubted. You notice that? <clears throat> they first marveled before they doubted. In other words, you know what happens sometimes? The Spirit of the Lord will just come upon you and you'll see something. And, and, and wow! You know, that's the way it is. Fantastic! Can't believe it! And then you start thinking, try to rationalize, and you start doubting it. You ever had that to happen to you? You know, I, I, I like this. You get in the Old Testament... And uh, <clears throat> the Lord told Moses, he said, I'm going to take you out of Egypt and all the children of Israel out of Egypt. And I'm going to show you great signs and do wonders among the people. You know what a wonder is? It's something that makes you wonder about it. You know, you say, wow. Can't be. That's something. You know, every now and then, Brother Commander, you need a small choir. Really, tonight we're wondering, do we have enough people to sing? I said, go ahead and sing. Just go ahead and sing. When they got up here, you know what came to my mind? Gideon and his 300. And you'll find this throughout the Old Testament. Every now and then, God, while Israel was great in number, He allowed only a small few to do something. Why did He do that? The Bible always makes it very plain. So that you will understand when you're blessed. 
that it was not your talent, it was not your ability, it was not your might, it was not your strength, but it was God working through you. While, while it's always good to have the big numbers, it's always good to have the big choir, you know, every now and then, God just might allow you, because of what you're doing, to have a small group in your Sunday school class. And then after the great move of the Lord, you're going to say, my, I wish they could have all been here today. Well, I'm not saying that God's the author of keeping people out of church. I am saying this. God sometimes can even take little bitty things and turn them around and bring positive results. Sometimes that's the way He wants it. In other words, a lot of people laid out a church against God's will and a little group gathered, and God just seems to say, okay. You know, Paul said, you can do nothing against the church but for the church. And God says, all right, you're going to have your greatest service ever with the smallest amount of people. Praise God. That's the way it's going to be. That's just the way God works, see? Listen, I've got this little saying that always comes to my mind. I've given this to many preachers. I've had preachers call me on the telephone. What am I going to do? I said, remember. Remember this. Right always overcomes might. And it doesn't make any difference what comes against you. If you're right, you're going to be a winner. So keep your attitude right. Don't get frustrated. Keep on praying. Keep on seeking the Lord. And if you're right, you will always overcome might. Brother Wrightsell over in Menominee, you know, we just had an installation service for them. And, and they, they have a building over there, and they were trying to buy a building. And, and they, they've had six or seven people recently re- receive the Holy Ghost there. Just a little tiny group, but um, uh, they had to raise $4,500 for a down payment on this building. When we had the installation service, we raised $2,000 for them, and, but it was still short. <clears throat> he called me and said, Brother Grant, what are we going to do? I said, well, Brother Wrightsell, you said that, that uh, there was some prophecy given in your church and uh, you believed while the prophecy did not state. You know, the Lord didn't say, Thus saith the Lord, go buy this property. You know, that's not the way the Lord said it. But nobody got it but you. But somehow, the way the Lord spoke this, you got it that the Lord wanted you to buy this property. And that that was the thing that God wanted you to do. But Brother Grant, it's just, there's just no way. I said, wait a minute. Who says there's no way? Well, we've tried every avenue. I said, everyone? Well, I wouldn't say everyone. I said, well, just keep praying and believing and keep trying. The bank said, no. You know what? I was sitting in my office. It was last evening. And I get this call. Brother Wright says, I said, Brother Grant, Yes. Oh, you can't believe God. I said, what you talking about? He said, you know, you know, the bank wanted that 20% down and 14.5% interest. 
there was a man that found out that they needed that building and gave Brother Wrightsell a call and said, Listen, I've been putting money in savings, but the interest rate has dropped. I'll tell you what I'd be willing to do. I'll sell you that building. I'll buy it and sell you that building for nothing down and 11.5% interest. He said, now can you believe this? It sure makes you wonder. Doesn't it? <clears throat> but you see, that's God. That's the way the Lord does things. Praise God. Praise God. No avenues. Everything seems to be closed. Well, you know, that's just the way the Lord likes to work. Well, sometimes, you know... All doors close. Sometimes even good doors will close. And God will open a better one. That's right. I've seen that happen so many times. I've had preachers to call me and say, Brother Grant, we knew this was the will of God. This was the opportunity of a lifetime. Now the door's closed. They'd call me back a day or so later and said, Guess what? Good thing we didn't go that route because let me tell you what's happened now. God closed a good door to open a better door. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. If you think that if you think you can get the upper hand on God and, and, and all of your good works will outshine God, I, I believe that you should excel to do good works. What did Jesus say? Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. And do what? Glorify. Glorify who? You know, if anybody comes up and pats you on the back and says, Oh, you're doing great, you're doing great. The best thing to do is just, just kind of deviate all of that over to the Lord. Just say, you know, God's been good. Isn't the Lord good? Praise God. Oh, praise God. Praise God. God is so good. We... I've seen, I've seen some of these ladies in this congregation. I'm speaking to our visitors now. I've seen some of these men in this congregation when they came to the Lord. They were so bashful they couldn't even look people in the eye. Really. And they began to pray and they began to seek the Lord. I've seen some of you that were on drugs and you began to pray and read the Bible. Did you know that the Bible heal the mind? I can prove that according to Scripture. You make you wiser than your enemies. Smarter than your teachers. If you meditate upon the Lord. That's what the Bible says. Now see. See the word of the Lord. is a, it, it can heal. The word of the Lord is quick and powerful. And sharper than any two edged sword. Piercing even to dividing asunder. Of soul and of spirit. Into the joints and the marrow. And is a discerner. Of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Wow. When, when you get a hold of the Bible. You've got a hold of dynamite. It can do the job. And I've seen some of these brothers and sisters go from poverty to a good standard of living. Not because they were trying to have a good standard of living. They were just giving their hearts to God. Just over and over and over and over and over. Men who couldn't hold a job. All of a sudden God put something in them to hold jobs and things. They get a job and excel. God blesses them. And after a while, this is happening, that's happening, this is happening, that's happening. After a while, you look at them and you say, wow. I've even had some of the parents to call and say, you know, I don't know what you're doing over there at Calvary Gospel Church. But my, my, my. I can't believe 
what's happened to my child. And when Sister Pizer came to the Lord, Sister Kathy, you remember that? Sister Kathy used to ride a bicycle everywhere. And she never wore a skirt. And she was a senior at West High. And when the Lord filled her with the Holy Ghost, she found out she was supposed to wear a skirt, so she put a skirt on. And the people at West High thought she had flipped her wig for sure. <clears throat> and they wrote on the blackboard, they put, Kathy Harris has on a skirt. And the next day she had on her skirt and they started keeping score. <clears throat> and she was nice about it. You know, she didn't get up and say, everybody don't wear a skirt's going to split hell wide open. No, that's not what she said. She was just nice about it and she just exalted the name of the Lord. And I remember going over to Royal Typewriter and, and I saw her mother over there and her mother just, wow, she lit in on me. Wow, I couldn't believe I just listened to it, and I just went in there to buy something over there. They were always a little higher than everybody else, but I wanted to go over there and buy something for her because she's such a nice lady, you know. So <clears throat> I was buying something, and she just, oh, she got in on me. Really. So I just listened, and she said, well, I don't know what to say when she was concluded. She said, I suppose it's all right. She said, at least she, she listens to you. said she never would do anything Tom and I wanted her to do. I don't know if that's true or not, Tom. <laughs> but that's what she said. So, And she said, and you know what I think? I think you're going to end up with my Shelly. Glory. Praise God. Yeah. <laughs> Praise God. Anybody know Shelly Harris? <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let me say this. Anybody know Tom Harris? Amen. Praise God. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. Isn't, isn't the Lord great? God is... Wow, I just, I absolutely cannot believe how great God is. I just, I know I've gone a while here tonight and I have only read one little scripture and I haven't done a lot of Bible preaching. But, but whenever I consider the greatness of God, you know, God is so great. And if we'll just allow Him, listen, He can do greater Jesus said, the works that I do, ye shall do and greater, because I go to my Father. And while I don't believe that there are any miracles in the New Testament that are greater than the miracles of Jesus, as far as the quality of his miracles, I will say this. The quantity of miracles that are being done today are so great because all over the planet Earth there are people who are calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and great things are happening.
They really are. Great things are happening. Praise God. And, and the Lord is using so many people. When we were down in the Caribbean islands, I'm just amazed. Did you know there's a brother down there that they, they have a church down there that everybody in the church plays a musical instrument. One brother plays a four-foot-long piece of PVC plumbing pipe. <laughs> now, I'm serious. And he plays it like a tuba. And he hits all the notes, and he scraped that thing he scraped that thing thick and thin, and he knows just how to blow to make it. And he goes, do, 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 do. And, and if you listen to it, you think, man. And it's, it's nothing but a piece of pipe. And what a great blessing. And the Spirit of the Lord just flowing. Isn't that great? Praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And you know, when I think of all of this and then think, of us having the hope of eternal life in heaven in the presence of God. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Well, I'm not preaching a structured message tonight. I want you to know this one thing for sure. If you don't get anything out of this except this one thing. Heaven is going to be worth all of the troubles and trials that life affords to send your way. If you can just make it there, my friend. It's the, the, the Bible speaks of the hope of glory. There is a hope that's buried deep down in the crevices of my heart. I want to go to heaven. I want to be in the presence of God forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Praise God, praise God, praise God. Just think. Can, can, you, can you feature yourself right now on streets of gold? Can, can you actually feature yourself walking down streets of gold? You know, when I was a kid, every now and then, because we never had a television in our home, but I'd slip across to my neighbor's house and I'd watch something, maybe some western or something, because that used to be the old thing, you know. And, <clears throat> or I'd read some kind of a library book, and for days I'd live that in my mind. You know, it just stays in your mind. Now, <clears throat> if you're reading good things, they stay in your mind, that's good. If you're reading bad things, they stay in your mind, that's bad. But, but you know, uh, it, it seems to be the, the quest of every writer that if, if somehow he can, he, can, he can make that story so alive and make you so comfortable that, that, that you just put yourself right there. And, and, and man, I've been up down the Mississippi River. With, with Tom Sawyer on, on a, a raft many times. You know what I'm talking about? You, you, you're just there. You, you see it. And they, they just paint all the pictures of the frogs and the snails and, and everything. And maybe, maybe this is just the child that comes out in me. But, but you know what I can do? Sometimes I can go in my office or in my bedroom and I can close my eyes. And, and I like to just think about being in the presence of the Lord. 
Praise God. I like to think about just running down the streets of gold. Now the Bible says, now I don't know how you feel about it, and maybe this is not right, I don't know. But the Bible says the gates of the city are open. <clears throat> and the nations can go in and out. Now that's what the Bible says. Now I don't know what all that means. But, but you know what? I like to see myself. I can just step right out and just skip across the clouds. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I like that. <clears throat> Maybe you don't, but I like that. Praise God. <clears throat> I don't know how hot the sun is, but uh, it, it fascinates me. I looked at the sun through a telescope one time with a sunscreen. You know, you don't want to take binoculars or a telescope and look at the sun. You have to have a screen. But you can see that fire shooting out. It's just like a small a match on fire. You can actually see it. You can see the explosions and such. <coughs> it's amazing. So far out there. You look at the moon. You can see all of those crevices and everything, you know. I wonder what it's like to walk on the moon. You know? You ever thought of that? I used to go out when I was a kid and lay on the hot ground. It's hot in Texas even after the sun goes down. Look up. Just wish I could walk on the moon. You know? Never thought people go to the moon. Some have walked there. But I, I'm here to tell you that, that one of these days, I really believe this. I believe it because the Bible says it. I believe there's going to be a resurrection. I believe graves are going to come open. And I believe that just as sure as I stand here that my flesh is going to take on immortality. And I believe that just as, just as sure as I feel down sometimes, I feel gravity pulling me. What makes you get tired? Your muscle just can't take it. And all of a sudden, gravitation is going to lose its hold. Praise God. And when gravitation loses its hold, listen, I'm going to leave this earth quicker than any rocket that's ever left this earth. Praise God. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. Praise God. I'm going to be walking on streets of gold. Praise God. Hallelujah. Brother Felix, I believe when Jesus Christ departed, he said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. He said, in my Father's house are many mansions. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I shall come again in like manner to receive you. Praise God. And Jesus Christ is building me a mansion. Praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. And after all the crowns and everything's been given, I don't know, maybe the Lord's just going to throw me a key. And he's going to say, look, John, yours are down this way. Just go and look and look and look. And if you find one that the skill fit, yeah, that's yours. Praise God. Praise God. You know, 
It's going to be great. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me? Hallelujah. And my mind goes to some of the small things. Some things that makes church almost look ridiculous. I mean this in a in a good way. Sister Grant and I were up singing one night and while we were singing because the back door had a hole in it, screen door. Would you believe a great big old collie dog ran in? Ran right down the aisle, twisting its tail while we were singing. It flopped down right in front of the altar. We had some guests there in the church, and it was so embarrassing. You know, we didn't know what to do, and the owner of the dog got down there and tried to get it out. And it ran underneath one of the pews, and when dogs uh, get scared, they always leave a little trail behind them. And, oh, dear, I said, what a mess. Here we're trying to have church, you know, doing our best. And, you know, you finally get the dog out of the church and you get the mop and you get everything all cleaned up and then it's time to preach. And, you know, you say, my, what's the use? You know, but what do you do? You know, I've sat many times and cried on the bedside. And my wife has pulled herself up close. She said, hon. We'll keep trying. It'll be better next week. So, uh, <clears throat> I remember one night, we just wept and cried. and I said, I'll tell you what let's do, hon. Look at me. She looked at me and I said, let's smile. And back your ears up if you can. You know. <laughs> and we're going to make out like we have good sense whether we have or not. We're going to keep trying. Praise God. You know, that just seems to be the quest of life. By the time you get going, you know, something hits you. Something stops you. But you get up and you try again. And you get up and you try again. And you get up and you try again. And it seems like every time you try, you always excel a little bit further than what you were. And when you slide back a little bit, you never slide back quite to where you were. And that's the way you gain ground. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. But I feel that all of us will climb to the top of the hill. And we'll climb to the top of the hill. See, I believe in soul progression. I believe the longer you live on the face of this earth, the better you can become in the Lord. If a person doesn't serve the Lord, the older they get, the harder they get and the more wicked they get. Praise God. And you know, death has to occur for some of these older saints because they just get so good, they just outgrow life. Praise God. No, I mean that. They just outgrow life and, and the, they have to make that change. And all of us are making our quest to get to the top of the hill. What are we looking for? We're looking for a city 
a city whose builder and maker is God. Praise God. You want to go to heaven? You can go to heaven. You want to hear that trumpet sound? You can hear that trumpet sound. You've just got to make up your mind. As, 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 as Philip told the eunuch, if thou believest with all thine heart, you can be. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Yea, my child, my spirit doth stand among you tonight. My arms are stretched out to give you the assistance that you need. You know that it is well true that it's always easier to go downstream than upstream. It's always easier to walk down a hill than up a hill. But I am here to inform you that I will stand by you and I will be your strength. I will assist you in all of the troubles, the problems and the trials of life. Abraham separated himself from Lot, and Lot sought the lowlands, and Abraham sought the mountains. It doesn't take long to discern in my word who shall receive the greater reward. And so, my child, I speak to you this night to inform you that if you want to climb to the mountaintops, I will assist you, and I will be with you, for I will be your strength. And I will be your God that will lead you and direct you. And I will also inform you that even the holy city itself is not easy to attain. But with my Holy Spirit that will transform you from mortal to immortal, it is possible. I am a God that is able to perform the impossible I am able to make the impossible possible. And so I ask of you to put your hope and put your strength in me. I will come quickly for you, saith the Lord. Oh, God. Now our altars open both sides of the pulpit here. On each side there's a place to come and pray. Maybe somebody's experiencing some type of trouble or trial here that they need somebody to assist them with. Why don't you just come and don't be embarrassed. Don't, 
Just lay your pride down and come and weep and cry and seek the Lord. and Just pour it all out to God and just tell God how you feel about it. And God, I want to make it. I want to be saved, Lord. I want you to assist me. I need the brethren and the sisters of the church. Come on right now, would you? Praise God. The altar's filling up with young people and older ones alike. Oh, hallelujah. And if you're here as a guest of ours, God would like to fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Why don't you step out right now? Come on and give your heart to God. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on right now, would you? Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. God, we love you, Jesus. We love you. Father, we worship you, God. We worship you. God, we praise you, Lord. We do. Oh, hallelujah. Blessed be the Lord.